Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, 20th of July, and we've woken up to a bit of a bloodbath in the US. Dow down 726. At one point, it was down 946. That's the worst day in eight months. That's down 2.1%. S&P 500 down 1.6%. NASDAQ down 1.06%. And the VIX volatility index spiked 21%. Now, let's just cover a few other things before getting into that. The oil price fell around 7%, depends on which one you look at, as OPEC Plus hit a deal to increase output. And if one of the themes at the moment is for an economic dip in the second half, it doesn't play well for energy either. Energy was one of the worst hit stocks in the original pandemic. And the theme at the moment is again about another wave or maybe even you call this Delta strain a second pandemic. That's not going to play out well for energy. So energy stocks on the nose today with that oil price deal. But within the sector, as a bit of a sideline, oil search have confirmed firm that Santos made a confidential conditional merger approach at the end of last month, which valued oil search at $4.25 at the time. And the oil search price today is $3.84, up 4.6%. And they have rejected the bid on valuation grounds. Santos is down 3.8% on the back of that. But that oil price story is a bit of a sideline to the main market issues we'll come to in a minute. A few other market events today. The ANZ have announced a $1.5 billion on-market buyback, which means that they will buy the shares at their discretion on-market, which is supportive to the share price. And the feeling is that they've beaten the CBA and Westpac, CBA in particular, to the punch by announcing this. The suggestions are that CBA, Westpac and ANZ have strong enough balance sheets to do buy and whilst the whole sector was down one and a half, two percent this morning, the ANZ's now up 1.4%, CBA down 0.1%. So there's been a fairly big buyback in or bounce back in the banks this morning, and that's probably accounting for why our market opened down 81 on the back of futures down 68 and then has rallied since. Other events, BHP down 1.5%. They've had some production numbers today, which in a normal market would have been okay. Record iron ore production. The healthcare sector doing okay today. CSL's up, Ramsey Healthcare's up, Fisher Paykel Health is up as the Aussie dollar dips. The Aussie dollar's down at 73.44 and has been falling as these economic or peak growth concerns have grown. The Aussie dollar as a commodity currency is a cyclical currency, so it falls when global economic optimism fades as it is at the moment. And that's quite good for the healthcare sector. Other quick ones, Hub24 down 1.3% on funds under management numbers. McMahon Mining Services Company up 3.6% on guidance. General feeling is mining services companies will have done very well in this booming commodity price cycle and they are long duration investments whereas most of the resources stocks that are dependent on commodity prices rise and fall with the commodity prices mining service companies get long-term contracts during cycles and this cycle has been quite good so McMahon confirming the mining services sector probably going to have an okay result season afterpay today up 3.7% they've announced afterpay money the relevance of this they're in partnership with West Westpac over offering basic deposit 
products, debit cards, and product advice. They've got themselves an AFSL. Looks like they are going beyond BNPL to offering financial services. I remember Mortgage Choice did this. They went from offering mortgages to insisting their salespeople talk to everybody about wealth management. And it revolutionized the Mortgage Choice share price and business. And here we have Afterpay doing something similar. So quite positive. It means they're not entirely exposed to buy now, pay later and the competition and maturity coming into that sector and have other strings to their bow. And lastly, on the stock front, JB Hi-Fi up 3.1% today on guidance. Very strong sales momentum in the fourth quarter. They tell us sales up 12.6%, EBIT up 53%, NPAT up 67%. Bodes well for retailers in this coming results season. Right, our market this morning, as I say, was down 81 and now down 7. The Dow futures bounced. Well, the Dow actually bounced, having been down 946. It rallied 180 points to close down 726. And the futures this morning are up 186. So there is some suggestion the US market is going to bounce back, in which case the overnight quite precipitous fall in the US may end up being a one-day wonder, which makes my strategy piece today look a little bit embarrassing because I went a bit hard on this being a market top. The Reuters headline this morning was investors flee stocks pile into bonds as COVID-19 surges. And that's a pretty good summary. If you look in the strategy piece today, you'll see the US 10-year bond yield. And the bond market is a distillation of the bond market. And the bond market discounts a lot of macro factors relevant to the equity market. And there was a sharp dip in bonds overnight. In the US, the 10-year dropped below 1.2%, 1.1987. And I've got charts of the Australian 10-year bond yield, British 10-year bond yield, French, German. French, France has gone negative again on interest rates. Germany already was negative. But what's, what that's telling you is that what started off as a message from the Fed a couple of weeks ago that they are reaching peak stimulus, what this fall in bond yields is telling you is that a full risk off switch from equities to bonds has started. Corrections start fast, and that's certainly what seems to have happened in the US in equities overnight. And that's how I interpreted it first thing this morning. And even though the market has bounced, I would still retain that view that there is a much higher chance now of a correction today than there was the day before. The VIX volatility index has picked up overnight, up 21%. We were always going to see the turning point or the pivot point in the markets be accompanied by a spike in volatility. We've seen that for one or two days now. Let's see if that continues. Meanwhile, COVID cases continue to rise in every state in the US overnight and in the UK. Ironic that it coincides with Freedom Day, which in the UK they're spelling that free D-U-M-B, free dumb day in the UK. And the suggestion is that we are seeing not so much a new wave in the pandemic as a new pandemic based on the Delta strain and that it will be a lot worse than the previous pandemic. And this UK experiment in herd immunity, whilst interesting, the market isn't hanging around and pricing itself on the hope, it's pricing itself on the numbers which are getting worse, not better. The Wall Street Journal also overnight had an article talking about a peak in US growth 
and it re-raises this whole idea of peak inflation, peak interest rates, peak growth, peak stimulus, and maybe peak stock market. Bitcoin down 4.5% overnight as well. Enough for me to put a link in the newsletter today in the strategy piece to the Collins class rule. Longtime members of Marcus today will know the Collins class rule very well. This is the idea that if the market, if the US market in particular, drops 3%, you have to take notice. It's not about fundamentals. It's about sentiment. Sentiment changes very quickly. And this rule came from, and it's only a bit of a joke. It's not serious, but it does make a point that there was a guy, a member of Marcus today, who worked in a Collins class submarine. And occasionally it would surface and he would download all his data into Metastock and do some backtesting. And with so much time on his hands, he would backtest and backtest to find things that worked. And the one thing he found that worked was trading breakouts in individual stocks over a very short period, two or three days. But he could reliably do it. And it was an edge. But he found that when the market precipitously dipped, as per the GFC, he got absolutely carted out. And he realized that you needed a filter on your trading that pulled you out of the market whenever the market had a sharp drop. And his backtesting told him that there was, there should be a rule that when the US market falls 3%, you halve everything. And if it falls another 3%, this is in one session, falls another 3%, you sell everything else and just get out. So it created this idea that you need a market filter, whatever you're doing with individual stocks, you can lose sight of the woods by looking too closely at the trees. And you need to keep an eye on the woods. So you need some sort of discipline about the market. The market can sink all ships and float all ships, but it will sink all ships at the same time. And if you focus too closely on a stock, you might miss the fact the market's going oblong. Hence this very general rule, which is not applicable to most equity investors. It was only applicable to his system, which was about very short-term breakouts. So not really applicable, but it does make the point that sometimes the market goes wrong and you have to have your peripheral vision on the market. And when there is a sharp fall in US markets, Australia will never lead a correction. So when there's a sharp fall in US markets, you start to change your asset allocation, start to get more defensive. And there was an element of that last night, obviously today in Australia, it's almost as if nothing happened. But with bond yields doing what they're doing, COVID numbers doing what they're doing, it's enough for us to get more defensive and do some selling. We have done that. If this correction continues, although judging from the US futures, it won't. But if the correction continues tonight or over the next few days, I will start to make changes to the ETF portfolio. The ETF portfolio has remained pretty much unchanged, fully invested in equities since November last year when the US election changed the risk in the market and when the arrival of the vaccine changed the risk about the pandemic. We got fully invested in the ETF portfolio and have stayed that way. If this correction turns into something, if we start to factor in much lower growth in the second half, 
and interest rates continue to dip, pandemic numbers continue to rise, the chances of a correction are significantly increased and we will need to change something, change our asset allocation in the ETF portfolio. The ETF portfolio I'm thinking of adopting as a very clear and convenient representation of strategy rather than doing it stock by stock. Anyway, we will see over the next few days whether this cascades or is caught. Now, I can tell you for nothing, anyone who got worried by the US market last night and rang their advisor today will have been told predictable things about investment being a long-term game and you can't time the market. The industry will persuade individuals that there is nothing to do. It always does. And when the correction happens, they will have a hundred excuses why they were right and how you can't avoid corrections. You can avoid corrections. question is whether you bother doing anything about this pickup in volatility and this sharp fall, brief fall in the US markets. It's really down to you. We have done some selling today. Not a lot, nothing major. I would suggest that for individuals who don't have to explain themselves to a committee every decision they make, this might be a time for progressively, as the market progressively proves itself to have lost foundation, progressively does some selling. Some of you might obviously sell everything, others might do nothing. Most of us will be somewhere in the middle, so we have progressively, or we have started to progress some selling. The ingredients are here for something more precipitous, so we're just going to hedge that for the moment. Some of you might use the pickup in volatility as an excuse for cashing up a lot more. Some of you, especially when you look at the market this evening and find it's down 16, which it is at the moment, might wonder what on earth Marcus was fussing about. I'm fussing about the ingredients for a correction being in place. The market is at extraordinary PE highs in some stocks, historically high PEs in some stocks, a lot of stocks. The market is technically trading at the top of the trading long-term trading range in most markets. Stimulus is coming to an end. Bond markets are telling you that there is a rotation out of equities into bonds. Volatility is picked up. We've seen a sharp market fall. And there are incidental, anecdotal things like my daughter started trading shares. She knows nothing about shares. I hear some people giving up their jobs to trade shares. I hear Bitcoin is a legitimate investment on a scale of 1 to 100 on fear and greed. We've been up at 80 and it is falling. So for the first time since November, getting a little bit nervous. I wouldn't say it's nervous, it's objective observation. Put it this way, I'll be turning my screens on a bit earlier than usual tomorrow morning. Right, that's about that. Dow futures up 165 as I leave you. ASX 200 down 18. This has been Marcus overly cautious this morning, but still a message worth sending. We're in lockdown for another week. I might just read one of the books on my desk at the moment. Trade like a stock market wizard. Corny title, but supposedly quite a good book. Thank you to Marcin, one of our members who suggested that. Right, you have a fabulous day. I will speak to you tomorrow. Thank you.